0: Hello, and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James, and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, how you doing? Nick James here. What a phenomenal time to be live, and welcome to the first ever episode of what we're now calling Open and Real Q&A with Nick J. Essentially, the concept is that This is your chance to ask me anything you like All you got to do to submit your questions. Drop an email to Jav, J-A-V,
1: at expertempires.com. Okay, the first one is from Claire Morton. Right. And she wants to know, what do you do for rest and relaxation? Okay, Claire, um, what do I do for rest and relaxation? So I
0: personally believe that having an off switch is actually just as valuable or just as important as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as being on and operating at your best and firing on all cylinders. So one of the things that I'd like to think um, I do quite well is I am actually quite good at switching off. So generally speaking, generally speaking, most of the time, that's not all the time. Um, Generally speaking, Claire, like weekends are family time. I very rarely do any work related stuff at the weekends. Um, so most of it um, involves taking my kids to football. So it's my son's 13th birthday today. Um, I've got a younger, I've got two boys, Zach and Ty. Um, they're 13 and nine and they play football for two teams, Saturday, Sunday. So like that consumes my weekends, but that's what fills me up. That's what I enjoy. It takes my mind off anything business related um i also love to play golf so you know especially now the weather's getting better getting towards the summer we'll definitely get out and uh, play a bit of golf but i really think being able to switch off completely and take your mind off work related activities really important and i never used to be able to do that um, or i didn't do it as well as i do now i think if you're workspace is in your home space, it makes it more difficult, more challenging. Certainly as soon as we got an external office, which was many years ago now, actually the the act of going to a separate place every day kind of separates your work life and your home life. I think that's helpful. Even if your workspace is in your home space, I would suggest having like an office in your home space that is not, you don't use that room for anything else other than work. And you only work when you're in that space. You don't work when you're at the kitchen table or sat on the sofa in the lounge. I think it makes it more difficult to switch off. Um, I mean, look, I could bang on all day about the importance of sleep and good nutrition and exercise and all those things as well. Um, but as far as resting, relaxing, me um, and my wife take, you know, Fairly regular breaks. So, like next weekend, we're going out to, to London um, just for one night, um, stay in a nice hotel, just me and my wife Nat, no kids, nobody else. My mum's having the kids. Thanks, mum. And what that means is, you know, that we just get time to spend together, go out for a nice meal, chill um, without, again, as I said, any work related distractions or thoughts, um, even you know, for, for us not having the kids around for a day is nice just to spend together. And that really helps me, supports me in resting, relaxing, which means that then when I'm on in work mode, when I'm at the office, when I'm in business mode, when I'm in leading a group of companies mode, I can be absolutely switched on and at my best. Because ultimately, if you're not able to to show up at an eight, a nine, a 10 out of 10 every day, then the likelihood of your business creating the result, the impact, the income that you're looking for is far slimmer. So yeah, massive, I place massive importance on resting and relaxing. Claire, that's just a
1: few of the things
0: that I like to do and everyone's different. So you've got to find what works best for you.
1: Great question. The next one's also from Claire. Claire.
0: Claire is like really making the most of this opportunity. I like it. She is. And remember, like we're going to do these every couple of weeks. So get your questions in. Otherwise, it's going to be the Claire show. Love you, Claire, really. Um, <laughs> what does high performance mean to you? What does high performance mean to me? Um, high performance to me is really, by the way, we actually ask this question um, every single week to every single person in our company, all of our team um, we ask them to say on a scale of 0 to 10 um, what has been their energy score or how have they performed or shown up in the last week um, so I think what high performance means to me is first of all um, showing up in your best energy Um You know, so look, we all have times where we might feel a little bit sluggish or a bit tired. So I think in order to achieve high performance, you've got to do whatever you need to do in order to raise your energy. And, you know, as I already said in the first question, that could be nutrition, hydration, sleep, spending time to rest and relax. Whatever it is that gets your energy up is going to aid high performance. Um, I guess the second thing, related to high performance, is then um, making sure that when you're doing, performing a certain task, that you are focused on it, you're all in on it, you're giving your best. Um, And and look, you know, I'm sat here recording this. Um, It's like 9.30 on, what day is it, Thursday. Um, There's a reason I prefer to do this kind of work early in the morning, because that's when I'm at my best. That's when I'm at my sharpest. That's when I perform best. Um, You try and get me in the gym in the afternoon or evening. I do it occasionally. I do like one session a week in the evening. It's not my best performance because I'm better in the mornings. So I think a bit of self-awareness is useful as well to know when you tend to perform best. Um, And of course, I'm answering this question in a business context, but equally, we could be talking about sports performance, couldn't we? We could be talking about what does high performance look like in sports? What does high performance look like in your family life? Like, There's loads of different applications of this, but for me, high performance will come from predominantly your energy, which I've spoken about a little bit, and your state. So, um, you know, I learned this from Tony Robbins when I was 12 years of age, um, and it's probably the most simple piece of personal development training you'll ever hear, but also probably one of the most valuable. Um, and state is essentially made up of three things. The first one is your physiology, your body. So as I already said, what you're putting in your body, nutrition, uh, how you move your body, hydration, how well rested and how much you've slept, all of these things Contribute to your physiology, and that will be the number one go to first port of call if you want to create high performance in any moment. It's going to come from your physiology, your body. Um, second thing would be the language, the words you use internally and externally. So, you know, certain language patterns, certain Um, Things that you might say in your head or out loud are going to impact your state, therefore your performance. Um, And then finally, I guess your beliefs and what you tend to focus on, which is dictated by your language as well. Um, But what you tend to focus on is really, I mean, we've got literally millions of things that are happening every single day, loads of different bits of information that are bombarding our nervous system, you can choose to focus on any one of them at any time. So for example, um, I'm guessing right now, you're not really focusing on how your shoe feels on your left foot, but you are now that I mentioned it. So that's one piece of information. The sensation of your shoe on your left foot is one piece of information of millions that 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 are around you all the time. The question is, which ones are you focusing on? And you can choose to focus on pieces of information or you can choose to focus on things that might hinder your performance. Equally, you can choose to focus on things that might help your performance so um and of course you know when you choose to focus on the things that are going to help your performance that you use language internally and externally that's going to support great performance and you get your body your physiology in the best place possible then you're gonna give yourself the best chance of what i call optimal performance or as claire says high performance great question claire Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of... My partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So, since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world class experience to my clients, run e commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best. CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to KEEP, K-E-A-P. And what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable, for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So to go and get a free demo, all you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo. And when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the
1: show. The next one's from Matt Nation. Yes, Matt. What is the best piece of advice you could give a six-figure business owner who is well and truly in the chaos stage, as you like to call it?
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, what advice would I give someone? Six-figure business, and it's a bit chaotic. Um, yeah, great question, Matt. I think, by the way, I don't think this, this question is exclusive to six-figure businesses. I think there are plenty of startups that are in chaos. I think there are plenty of seven-figure, multi-seven-figure, eight-figure businesses that are in chaos as well. Um, for me, the... Uh, I had businesses running in complete chaos for many years. For me, the number one thing that took me from chaos and confusion and overwhelm into more of a place of clarity and certainty and confidence was having, first of all, a clear vision of where we were taking the business, where we are taking the business. And, you know, if you come to any of our workshops or events, you'll probably hear me talk about this at length. Um, Briefly, vision is made up of three things. First of all, purpose. Why do you do what you do? Second, mission. What's the measurable journey that you're on? How do you measure progress this year, next year, the year after? And then finally, values. What are the standards that you're committed to in your business? What are the attitudes? What are the behaviors? Um, What are the mindset pieces that you and your team are committed to? So that's the first bit. If you want to avoid chaos, you've got to get clarity on the vision, where you're going. From that, you can then bring the vision forward towards present day by going, right, okay, what if that's the vision for the next year, three years, five years, whatever it might be, what's our strategy for this year to get us there? So what are the key priorities that we're focusing on? What are the numbers we need to hit? And then you can look shorter term, maybe for the next month, two months, three months, and you can go, right, what are the tasks, actions that we need to focus on immediately? So having a structure like that, Matt, will give you a much better chance of avoiding the chaos and getting into more of a place of clarity and certainty and confidence um, and uh, we've got like loads of training on this. Um, we ran a, a five day challenge recently, um, which I think you can probably get access to if you go to what's the Facebook group called? Yeah, it'll uh, actually
1: be published in the podcast. Oh, Amazing.
0: So actually one of the podcast episodes or in fact, I think it's a series of five episodes takes you through that strategic planning process Matt um, and for anybody else who feels like they've got a bit of chaos going on in the business. if you feel that having a clearer vision and a strategic plan to achieve it would be beneficial, then um, there's a series of podcast episodes um, that are probably released just yeah like so when this is released um it'll be around now so there should be a a series of five podcast episodes that will take you through the process
1: so the next one's from nishma she says i have huge belief in my business but juggling home life with business leaves me with far too much to do did you have a point where you knew you had to outsource or hire to help you grow what would you advise for someone in my position Right. Okay. Yeah, good. So a lot of context there. I guess the question is,
0: did we hit a point in the business where I knew I needed to outsource to grow, but then it's a bit chicken and egg because how do you fund it? How do you finance it? So Nishma, I get it. I I certainly have been there, um, as I'm sure many of our viewers, listeners will have as well, Um, either have been or will be at some point. I mean, look, um, my... uh, Often I get asked, you know, when I do Q&As and stuff, what's my um, biggest regret or, and I don't really like to have regrets, but or what would I do differently now if I you know, started again? The answer I generally give is I would have invested in building my team sooner um, because there, were, there was a number of years where it was just me and then it was me plus one or two people. And actually my reluctance to invest in growth And bringing other people in, really, it 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 limited or or prevented the business growing as quickly as it could have. So how do you know that it's chicken and egg? Because you go, well, I want to make, I need to increase the revenue of the business and the profit in the business, so I can afford to invest in people. But equally the lack of people is what's preventing me from being able to generate the revenue and the profit to be able to pay for more people so it's a you know it's a vicious circle vicious cycle i guess um so nishma what i would say is that you you look at doing this in phases it's never right today it's just me and tomorrow i've got a fully fledged team of people it's gradual i think that's the healthy way of doing it so um what i would suggest is that you look at all the tasks That you're doing in the business and you know i hear nishma what you've said you know you've got family to consider as well and all these other things um i get it so uh, look at all the tasks you're doing in the business and categorize them so you'll have 10 pound tasks as i call them these are things that essentially are low impact and low income or no income generating they're still important but they're not certain they're not necessarily things that you in particular have to do all the time and I'll call it a £10 task because let's say you could get, you could outsource, you could get somebody else to perform that task for a relatively small amount of money. Then a £100 task is something that um, is higher impact and higher income generating. You could get somebody else to do it, but it would cost you a relatively significant amount of money to outsource or hire. And then a £1,000 task is something that is the highest impact and the highest income generating in your business, and you can't really get anybody else to do it. And if you did, it would cost you a fortune. So if you analyze £10, £100, £1,000 tasks in your business, the name of the game is, first of all, get rid of the £10 tasks because they cost you least. So it's not going to be a massive financial burden to outsource or hire somebody to take on those tasks. But when you do, let's say for argument's sake, Nishma, you're spending, I don't know, Ten hours a week on ten pound tasks, you get somebody else to do that, and let's say you're paying ten pound an hour, it might be less, it might be more. but let's say you're paying ten pound an hour, you're able to get rid of those tasks for a hundred pounds a week, which means you're buying back ten hours of your time for one hundred pounds a week. Then what you do is you reinvest those ten hours. In activities that are higher impact and higher income generating, to hopefully, if you're doing this right, generate more than an extra hundred pounds a week, hopefully a thousand or two thousand or five thousand pounds a week, and then it makes sense. So my advice would be to do it gradually. And look, I get Nishma, the um, because I heard all the all the, the context that you gave as well. Um, I know it's not as simple as I've got all this work to do in my business and I've got this income and I need to decide what to outsource and how much to spend on doing it because there are other factors. I do believe that if you... I had the conversation with one of our clients, one of our mastermind members recently, and she was like, you know, the business had grown and then taken a little bit of a, um, a back step. It had, it had kind of plateaued and then dropped off a little bit. And she was just putting more and more and more hours into it and felt like she was, you know, letting... A family down, not spending enough time with the family, um, and started to resent the business a bit. And I was like, "This is not healthy," um, because ultimately, what's going to happen is you're going to feel like you're losing on all fronts. And so, um, what I encouraged her to do was instead of trying to do eight hours a day and you know do everything and be a great mom, and I was like, "Look, rather than doing eight hours a day and it's killing you." and you're not even very effective or efficient in those eight hours, let's look at four hours or five hours a day when you can be all in, all on in your business and perform at a high level. And But when you're not in those four or five hours, you switched off completely and being a great mum or being a great wife or being a great daughter or, or whatever other roles are important in your life. So I think um, it actually comes back to the first question. It's about having the, having the rules of engagement or having the lines drawn when your role as an entrepreneur, as a business owner starts and finishes, when your role as a husband, wife, mum, dad, whatever your other key roles are in your life, start and end as well. As soon as they start to blurt again, that's where I think tension and friction arises. So yeah, hopefully that helps Nishma. I mean, um, I certainly sympathize. Um, what I would start off by doing is make a list of all the tasks you do, work out what a 10, what a hundred, what a thousand, and then see what you can do with the 10 pound tasks.
1: Jav, next question. The next one's from Tess Cope. Yeah. How do you balance your business priorities with personal life, i.e. the gym or family time?
0: Yeah. Um, it's funny to put a bit of a theme on these questions. So they, they all seem to be related. Um, so uh, thanks for the question, Tess. I... Actually, I answered this in one of our mastermind meetings recently, um, and, and I hope the answer I give is taken in the spirit it's intended and it's meant. So um, I'm probably what you might call quite a selfish person. Now, I use the term selfish carefully because I know it has very negative connotations, Um What that means is I look after myself first as a priority because I know that unless I do that, I can't look after my family in the best way possible. I can't be the best leader in our businesses as as possible. And I can't be, I can't show up for our clients in the best way possible. So I prioritize, like, I mean, between the hours of, 6 a.m. and 9.30, This sounds awful, but I'm not interested in anybody else or anything else. Like, I literally spend three hours plus a day on me, so that's making sure that I've got the right um fuel, food, hydration, um, that I've exercised, that I'm prepped for the day. Like, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It's like from the set, I, I get up at like six, six feet. Well, my line goes off at either 6 or 6.15, depending on what I'm doing that morning in the gym. Um, and then literally, I, I like I don't spend any time with my family normally. This morning was an exception because it's Zach's birthday. So, you know, there are exceptions. It's not the same every day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've got a few hours every morning when I'm driving to the gym. I'm listening to podcasts and audio books. Um, so I'm really, like like I said, you could call it selfish. But what it means is that I'm then able from 9.30 when I arrive at the office to be on and present and at my best all day. And it also means that when I get home, I've already taken care of everything I need to take care of in terms of my own health and fitness. And I've already taken care of everything I need to take care of work-wise and team-wise and client-wise, which means I can be completely present for Nat and Zach and Ty and the family and and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think um, forgotten what the hell the question was now, exactly, um, but how do I balance the, my personal priorities with everything else? Um, I put myself first, and that yeah, could sound really selfish and bad. I was talking to my mum about this recently because um, like I said, it, it was a topic of conversation at Mastermind, and I'd shared what I've just shared here with you um and and I said to my mum, I was like like. Why do you think that is like why do you think that I find that easy and it comes naturally to me and it's probably from childhood, so um I'm an only child for a start, so I was literally told from the second I was born most of my life that the sun shone out of my ass, and that I was perfect And uh, I always did pretty well at school, and it was like you know I lived with um my grandparents um and my mum for quite some time and of course grandparents like you can do no wrong in your grandparents eyes right so so i think what that meant was um and by the way not all sunshine and rainbows you know I, like so my mum was a single mom from when i was very young um and she worked a lot so hence why i lived with my grandparents um and so like i became quite independent um so you know I became quite independent emotionally, I think, which meant I didn't need, even though I was showered with praise, what that meant was I didn't need much from anybody else. So I I didn't need other people for me to be happy. And I think now, like, what that enables me to do is um, not necessarily have to worry about other people and just focus on myself for a few hours a day so I can then focus on everybody else all the time. Um, Now, I, I do also realize, um, I'm not naive, I realize that how I manage my life and um, my schedule doesn't necessarily work for everyone. So I'm fortunate in that how myself and my wife have decided to set up our life, our family and, and our agendas and whatever means that I don't have to do any of the family, kids stuff in the morning. Nat does that, which means I'm able to be selfish in the morning. Now, I get that some people don't have that set up and there's no right, wrong, good, bad. It's just different. Um, But I think the point, um, test to come back to your question, is that you have to find, doesn't necessarily need to be three and a half hours every morning. That's a lot probably for most people. But you have to find some time, where you are focused on you and you're looking after yourself, whether that's, you know, since you asked Tess test exercise or, you know, like I prep my food every single morning. So, you know, i got, um, I've got my little bag of food. This comes everywhere with me. This is like, um, the, the team take the mickey out of me because you will not see me go anywhere without this little bag. I actually lost it recently. I was at, um, You know, Jav, I did did the High Rocks event in London. Obviously, you can't go to a fitness event without your bag of food. So I took the bag with me. And then when we finished finished the, the competition, we went off and got some lunch. And then went back to the hotel. And I was like, I needed a snack at the hotel. I was like, where's my bag of food? And I realized I'd left it there at the competition. So I texted one of the guys I knew was still there. And I was like, mate. I've I've left my little food bag. It's a, I said it's quite easy to spot. It's a small black bag. Here's where I've left it, and it's full of food. Um, and uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it back for you. So fortunately, the food bag made it home. Um, but again, things like that, like prepping my food every morning, yeah, that probably takes me five ten minutes. Not a lot, massive job, but that's important because it means that. Um, first of all, um, if I'm ever hungry, I've got something on hand that I can eat, that is healthy, that I'm not going to end up binging on crappy food or get myself into a position where I'm starving and low, event, low on energy. So I think, yeah, great question, Tess. My summary is um, it's okay to put yourself first for a period of time every single day. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially parents. Um, I think, you know, we struggle because. We think we need to be there for everybody else all the time, but we never put any focus on ourselves and and I think you know it's the old um, put the uh, when you're on the plane, you know put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else and I believe that that to be true in life generally that you've got to look after yourself first to make sure that you're Um, mindset your energy your state is the best it possibly can be so you can show up as a great parent so you can show up as a great entrepreneur business owner leader so you can show up as a great husband wife all the roles that you play you can do them best when you're looking after yourself first so and scheduling that and making it part of your daily routine i think gives you the best possible chance of success so we're done i hope you've enjoyed the first ever episode of open and real QA with Nick J. Keep the questions coming. Um, we want to do these every couple of weeks. And what will what will allow us to do that will be the questions that come in. Um, and the reason it's called open and real QA with Nick J is because no holds barred, nothing is off limits. Like my commitment in doing this is that I will answer any question you want to ask and I'll open I'll openly answer it. Um, I'll honestly answer it. I'll give you real um, real-life examples from, you know, from from my life, my business. And, um, yeah, there's nothing off-limits. So please send your questions in to, if you want to email them in, um, send them into to Jav, Jav, J-A-V, at expertempires.com. Uh, or, indeed, you can send them to me direct on Instagram, um, at Nick James Events. So keep them coming. We'll do, what, four or five each episode, um and I'll give you a shout out. If you tell us what your business is or what your website is or whatever, when you submit the question, then I'll give you a little shout out as well. A bit of exposure. That's always good. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed the first episode. Keep the questions coming in. See you soon. Remember, more you connect. More